The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests as individuals and do not necessarily reflect those of advertisers or sponsors. This show is intended as entertainment and commentary only. The producers strive for verisimilitude, but nothing said on this podcast should be taken as fact by the listener or viewer without performing due diligence. While generally considered safe for work by way of content, some language may be considered offensive by more sensitive viewers or listeners. Existence, the physical universe, is basically playful. There is no necessity for it whatsoever. It isn't going anywhere. That is to say, it doesn't have some destination that it ought to arrive at. This is Keep Your Hat On, a show by three nerdy nobodies and one nerdy kind of somebody about nothing in particular. Keep Your Hat On is brought to you by the Narrow Band Broadcast Network, NBBN, The Focus is on you. By Andrew Scott Media, making y'all media matter. And by the kind support of our viewers and listeners around the world via Patreon. Patreon. Create on your own terms. It's season six of whatever the hell this is, apparently. Wait, you knuckleheads have five previous seasons of this thing? Wow, I need to get caught up. Oh, and FYI, I know I'm the new guy and everything, but I didn't get the email about Office Hawaiian Shirt Day. Just saying. Does HR have my correct email address? You know, the one at prodigy.net? They do, huh? Hmm, okay. Anyway, let's get whatever the hell this is started. Here's your hosts, Andrew, Robert, Dr. Mark, and everybody's favorite cabana boy, apparently, Chris. And hello and welcome back to the sixth season of Keep Your Hat On. What? I am Andrew Scott, along with my good friends, Ty, Robert, Anthony, and Christopher Vacano. And of course, Dr. Mark C.E. Peterson. How wow. you doing, guys? It's been a little bit, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just good. I was waiting for the crickets. Crickets are post. Crickets are always uh, in post. Production. Um, We've actually gotten pretty good about not letting the cr- crickets I, And I appreciate over. that diligence on, mm-hmm. on my mm-hmm. behalf. So um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna kind of be steaming through stuff here. Dr. Mark has a very important uh, gig to get to, a pre-gig gig, a I would say. Yeah, pre-gig, yeah. He's a but, gigger. Um, scrimmage. <laughs> so uh, you know, the I think the number one thing to start talking about because you know everything old is new again. COVID's back. Um, oh. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I will briefly tell you again. A lot of our listeners and viewers know that my kid is a. Uh, a professional epidemiologist, uh, and they're saying, yeah, it's a real thing. So make sure. Uh, to have get... we heard anything about that new street? That that new. Well, strain? that's 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 what the new that's what's going on. Yeah. Is There's actually two new strains. Yes, and we're seeing it in the wastewater. Unfortunately, everybody now thinks that COVID is COVID is in the past, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't need to worry about it anymore. And oh, it's just a flu. Um, it's not. People are still dying, and now people are dying at uh, twice the rate they were uh, up to a month ago. Both strains are being detected in the in the UK. Um, at least the primary new strain, and I'll be putting the big alphabet soup name of it uh, up down uh, at the bottom of the frame. Uh, but that has been detected in, I believe, seven nations, including the United States. Yeah, Unfortunately, cases we, st- we, we stopped... We stopped doing a lot of regular testing, and so a lot of um, monitoring is lacking 
uh, for us right now. And really what we're primarily dependent upon by way of noticing these changes is wastewater detection, where, um, you know, they they do cultures on wastewater every day and they see what's present and what's not. And they have detected it here in the United States. Um, And CNN uh, ran an article, I think, yesterday or the day before that said, I, I think the slug line of the article was, why does everybody have COVID? Um, and so, it, I mean, you know, it is uh, a, a big thing. And um, yeah, I know, I think I know right now three, three people in my bubble have COVID again, again, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, really what, uh, what we did here in our bubble, me and Chris, uh, we went and had uh, our, our young college student get vaccinated with just the currently available booster vaccine. Um, because he's the one that most regularly goes out and interfaces with the public. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, my partner and I are going to be waiting on the new version of the vaccine, which should be out. I think they're saying uh, they're ready to uh, ready to roll that out third week of September. Oh, so good. by the time you're listening or watching this, uh, go get that juice. Uh, talk with yeah. your healthcare provider. Make sure that uh, it's for you. I the got new stuff. Yep, I got the I got the existing one just because I'm kind of out into the public, but I've got my vac for this year. Um, mm-hmm. Two things are going to be bad this year. I have I hope not, but yeah, yeah but I agree with you. One being COVID, the second being flu, especially as we are being all or a large part of us are being pulled back into the work environment. <laughs> I would agree and, with and that. Yeah, and and the and the flu vi- uh, the flu vaccine is already available. Exactly, which is great. But uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> and it's funny because uh, this morning I was I was pondering this whole drag people back to work movement, um, <laughs> and and you know I, I saw some articles about it uh, recently. This is about uh, management. This is the, about yeah, money. Exactly. I mean, these articles were trying to rationalize and make excuses about. Oh, well, you know, the sense of community and teamwork and and all of that has gone down. So we really need people back in the office. And it's like, no, 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 because you saw massive, real concrete data that uh, in the early days of the pandemic, when everybody perform better, people uh, are more effective, they're more effective at their jobs because they're no longer pulled off task by somebody who could have sent an email, you know, or yeah, or, 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 or office grab ass or, you know, whatever's going on. Right. And, and, and productivity goes way up. Lies. Oh, lies. So this, thing about, well, you know, teamwork and the ability to train up and advance and all of this. It's like, excuse me, home-based businesses are a growing thing. I I mean, massively growing thing. And as a home-based business owner, I have no problem getting training, education, and advancing my career. So, you know, Chris, I I mean, it's it's all a bunch of bullshit. I don't know that I completely agree with that. I think that there is something to be said about socialization about oh, yeah. seeing those folks in at work and you can pick up some habits you know you see somebody else with a work habit you can collaborate a little bit easier so i do understand that but i don't think that that should warrant a, a an all-out some, push 
to pull there people. There was some New York Times stuff about uh, um, the millennials are all kind of anxious to get back to the office just to see each other, for one thing. But mm-hmm. what, what strikes me about this is, like, I always look for the money, right? Mm-hmm. And the other interesting thing, this was last week's New York Times, they were talking about the percentage of empty office space in Manhattan right That's now. That's where I was going with What I didn't know was that a significant uh, number of corporations lease their office space. Oh, yeah. Which I just assumed, you know, if you're big enough, you buy the building. It's like, nope. No. That's oh, in, 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 in New York? No yeah, they, way. So they leased that office space, which is now sitting empty. And um, that's probably what's really going on here. That's what hey, I would suspect. Well, the thing for okay. me, the thing for me, yeah. and that holds hands with that, is, I mean, if you come at this from a, a strictly practical ledger-based point of view, if you've got a primarily remote workforce, your overhead and your operating costs are so much lower than they would be if you are crowding a bunch of dissatisfied people in a brick and mortar environment. And then, I but, mean, yeah. but when these guys get into leases, they get into like thirty-year leases. This is typically right. not. They no, typically no? not. They oh. don't. They do quick rollover leases because no corporation wants to be married to something like that for that long. Suddenly, yeah. they go on a hiring oh. spree, and they do need to bring more people in. You buy if you have to buy yourself out of a thirty-year lease, you're essentially pissing the rest of your lease time away. You're still going to be on mm-hmm. the hook for it, at least a large percentage of it. Most corporations like right? to. Uh, it all depends on the location and the the holder and, of the and lease. The language in the lease. In the language uh, in the lease. Yeah. So no, yeah. the vast and, majority of large corporations do short-term lease of pro- of property. And Andy, I was I was about to make exactly the same point as you that office space is one of the absolute largest cost centers on God, any yeah. company's books. And also one of the best movies in terms of but companies. I, I will agree with that entirely. But Give I tell you what flair. we're gonna jump out to a quick break. We're gonna try to push through this because again, Dr. Mark is a very busy man. But wow. this is the hats, we're back. This is season six. And as we said hello to an old friend, when we come back on the other side of this break, we're going to say goodbye to a dear old friend. This is the Narrowband Broadcast Network. I'm Andrew. That's Dr. Mark. That's Chris. That's Ty. And we'll be back in just a second. Don't go anywhere. Bye. Where the fuck is my caffeine? Well, I was And hello and welcome back to Keep Your Hat on the show where hell even we don't know where we're going to go. I'm Andrew Scott along with my good friends Christopher Vacano and Ty Robert Anthony and Dr. Mark C.E. Peterson. And, you know, over the last three and a half years since this whole adventure of weirdness began for all of us, you know, we've had to say goodbye to some really significant people in uh, in culture and in popular culture. Mm. And for me, you know, we lost some some really important musicians in my life. People, of course, like John Prine and Toots from Toots and the Maytals. Oh, yes. uh, both, oh, both have been taken from us uh, by way of COVID. 
But yeah, this one that was announced just yesterday, unfortunately, uh, is hitting us all really hard. And we are we are decked out in Don apparel uh, uh, for exactly the right reason. We, of course, are saying goodbye to uh, somebody that has been important into all four of our lives. And that, of course, is Jimmy Buffett. And uh, I'm, I'm doing my best here to try to sneak in some uh, Buffett music that uh, will be YouTube acceptable. We'll see how that works in post. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just kind of want to throw the floor open. Uh, Dr. Mark and I have some some share of Jimmy Buffett. But, you know, um, start with you, Chris. Kind of where did you first sort of run into Jimmy Buffett? And how did he kind of earworm his way into into your life as a, as a music lover? Yeah, interesting. Uh, you know, I uh, wasn't... I, I mean, I was sort of peripherally aware of Jimmy Buffett as as a kid. I, I mean, Margaritaville hit in 1977 yeah. when I was five. Um, so as I was becoming musically aware, he was kind of already there. Um, but he always seemed like you know, kind of he he wasn't he wasn't the the sort of fairly narrow era, uh, direction of music that I was interested in at that time. But I was aware of him and, you know, kind of found his music sort of sort of fun and, and amusing. When I really sort of connected with Jimmy Buffett was, I'd say, uh, in the 90s, in my, in my 20s, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of during college and, and post-college, where I just sort of started picking up you know, from friends and, and, you know, actually hearing and listening to things a little more deeply and, and opening my musical horizons. Right. Uh, I really found my way into into Jimmy Buffett and, and sort of my entry point. I mean, Margaritaville, of course, was was always there. But uh, my my entry point was a combination of um, uh, Finns and... Uh, Cheeseburger in Paradise. <laughs> two, two of what uh, Jimmy Buffett uh, often referred to as the Great Eight. Um, <laughs> you know, there were there were really eight songs that Jimmy always had to play, uh, and and those were two of them. Of course, you know the others being Margaritaville. That's no surprise. Uh, but uh, 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 Pirate <laughs> looks at forty. Uh, changes in latitudes. Why don't we get drunk and screw? Um, you know, uh, hi, what about, what about you? How did, how did Jimmy kind of get you know, into again, your musical always life? In the, for me, always in the backdrop, right? So, right. uh, my, the song that I can remember hearing from Jimmy Buffett first was of course, Cheeseburger. Hmm. But in the, in the late eighties, early nineties, I ended up going to, I, I was living in, in Southern California. Uh, Irvine Meadows was just a place where I just hung out, it seemed like. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I got I got invited. I don't want to say dragged. I got invited to um, to go see him at the at the Meadows. And if you guys ever got a chance to see him live, which I'm sure, Mark, I'm sure you've done that. No, no I never, I oh, never that's got That's interesting. To. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you just pulled, you just pulled the spoiler out. Yeah. It is, it is this <laughs> huge, huge party. The now, likes this, of which are is hard to describe to anybody who hasn't experienced. Yeah, if you've gone to a dead show, you might have an idea of what. That I'm glad is. you brought that up because when Mark and I were talking pre-show, a little bit of a parallel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it's a different that's kind crowd. Of where, it's no, a the different heads, mentality. man. No, I know it. I know them all. Between the parrot heads and the and the and the and the deadheads, there's 
there's some significant differences, but if you've there's a lot of commingling. Yeah, if you, if I you, should think. Yeah, absolutely, commingling is a good word. Uh, yeah. So it's it's kind of there's this overlap contingent that is both deadhead and parrothead, and so mm. you have that kind of party there. So oh least, wait mm. wait, dead parrothead. <laughs> oh, that's a con- that's a confluence of so many great oh things. God, I'm rather proud of myself. Too smooth layer of reference. Right? Pining. <laughs> it's pining. It's, it's pining for the Bayou. Too too yeah. soon. Uh, too soon. Yeah, a little bit. Maybe maybe. Is John Cleese still alive? I wish to make a complaint. Let's just make sure John Cleese is still alive. Yes, I believe he's still with us. But yeah, that. So it was that. It was that very festive atmosphere that really got me to start absorbing that music. Mm. And that music has just been, um, you know, we have certain artists that live what they see, yeah. that live that life. And so uh, that Caribbean, that's the sound of the Caribbean. That's what it means to just be a sailor and be out there and just mm. be toes up on the sand and just digging it. What's really interesting, though, for me about what you just brought up is something uh, uh, else that Mark and I were talking about pre-show was a lot of people who aren't in that culture, aren't in that environment, might look at Jimmy as being a one-hit wonder. You know, I mean, yeah, us fans, we can rattle off tons and tons of B-sides and other songs and deep cuts, but most people are going to know him for his largest hit, which, of course, was Margaritaville. But the (laughs) thing about it is that... You know, even if he was a one-hit wonder, even if that was his only claim to fame, which, by the way, was not his first big chart-topping hit. His first big chart-topping hit was Come Monday. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what got him signed, and that's what started paying his bills and got him to settle settle down and sit down and write songs. But as Mark and I were saying, I I was saying, well, you know, if that was his one hit, he turned that one hit into a friggin' empire. You know, yeah. uh, the Margaritaville yeah, I mean, restaurants and bars and all the other places that he turned it into a brand it's, for exactly. It's, estimate, it's estimated that the guy died a billionaire. Oh yeah, easily a, a, a only a single billion, but you know, I, well, yeah. And and, well, and I would say rather than a one-hit wonder, I think I think it's it's hard not to think of Jimmy Buffett as as a novelty act. I, because I can wow. give that because the music space. is so yeah. sort of focused. Interesting, and yet, and yet, uh, to this point, uh, what novelty act can you expand out and connect with people? So, yeah, and uh, you know, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say novelty. I, I understand where you're going with it, so I'm not like trying to invalidate it. But, but I think what Jimmy did and what he was a master of was finely tuning that sound because. His sound was his sound is hard to elucidate on by way of genre. Yeah, I don't even you know, know how you. I don't know where you le, where you located. Yeah. Yeah. What bucket do you put him in? Exactly, yeah. and that's just it. I honestly don't think that there's one bucket. You you might be able to take a bunch of little jars, put them in a bucket called music, and then you know because he's got SoCal uh, influences in him. He's got Bayou influences. There's the Caribbean influence steel drum that sort of thing and at the same time there's also this kind of laconic laid back soft rock thing but he's also got some real belters too i mean he didn't shy away from whamming on the guitar but isn't that isn't that the true mark of any great artist right i think so you can't really you can't pin them and put them in just one bucket 
I mean, yeah, I, you can tell. You can also tell. I, I was just thinking about this too. Is like, uh, and I, I hate the fact that I like Taylor Swift, but but I, I do. And, no, you and gotta give it up to that girl. And it's like whatever I was going with this is like the amount of uh, craft and effort that went into the songwriting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like you see that with Buffett. It's like the songs are, they're all pieces of jewelry, pretty much. There's none of them are throwaways. No. Um, I'm just laughing too. I was laughing about Margaritaville because Margaritaville is, is without any doubt my least favorite Jimmy Buffett song. And But Agreed. only for a very specific reason. It's the only time I ever wrote a fan letter and I wrote it to Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> Um, back in the uh, back in the 80s, I would uh, trek from Toronto back to Mobile, and uh, I, I should tell everybody too. You, um, I am two Kevin Bacon's. No, I'm one Kevin Bacon away uh, from Jimmy Buffett, even though I've never seen him. Which is that I've I've met his sister. I went to college with his sister, and I followed him 10 years behind at McGill Tulin High School in Mobile. So it's like, I'm just, I'm, oh, and my dad knows him, which was even, I'll tell you that. I think I've told Andy this story. This is the yeah. funniest freaking thing in my life. But no, I, so, but I would, I would trek down and then uh, we had a sailboat and we would, um, in the summers, a lot of times they would take the boat down to Destin, Florida, uh, which was a great anchorage. Then this is before they condoed the place. And uh, I would sit on the boat for a couple of weeks. That was like my break. My vacation time was I just go sit on the boat and like, turn off my brain for about two weeks, except there was this freaking Tiki Hut bar down (laughs) the harbor, and every hour on the hour, they did a breathtakingly shitty version of Margaritaville, (laughs) (laughs) and it was like, if I hear that song, and I finally wrote Jimmy Buffett this, and it was just this one, it was like one sentence, it said, Dear Jimmy Buffett, I said, I'm a longtime fan, and there's this there's this band playing in a tiki bar here in Destin, and they're slaughtering Margaritaville. Would you make them stop? Get them to stop. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I never heard from him, so I don't know. You know see, oh, this, is about, this was about 1983, you know, something like that. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you how my dad knows him. This is part of the funny uh, part of this. So uh, we used to keep, he used to keep his sailboat in Fly Creek, which is on the eastern shore of Mobile Bay near, in Fairhope, Alabama. And Jimmy was from uh, Mobile. Uh, yep. Jimmy Buffett's from Mobile. Mm-hmm. And, um, and his family was still there. I suppose now they're, they're long gone, but that's where they were. And Living so a better one life, summer, yeah. One summer, I go home, and, and we're going over. We go over to Fly Creek, and uh, we're getting on the boat, and we're, we're getting stuff ready and stuff. And I look in the slip next to ours, and there is this, it's not a, it was like a 25, 27-foot uh, yawl. Uh, which is not a huge, but it was just, it was a piece of jewelry. It was like all teak and bronze and had right wooden on. masts, right? And it was, it was like, holy shit. And I remember, so I said, Dad, how long has that boat been? Because it hadn't been there the year before. He goes, Oh, yeah, that's that guy you know. And it was like, Who do I know who has this boat? There's this piece of jewelry. He goes, Yeah, it's that singer you like. He, st- he comes down here all the time, he rides his bike down here. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, we, he'll, we'll have a beer once in a while and, and just sort of shoot the shit. He's a really nice guy, but I can't remember his name. It's that guy, you, like, you know him. I said, Dad, I have no idea who this is. He's that singer you like. It's like, wait, what? Jimmy Buffett. It was Jimmy fucking Jimmy Buffett's Buffett. boat. And so my dad knows Jimmy Buffett. And even, <laughs> and even with that opportunity, you had yet, you, you've never met him. No, no, I met his sister. And uh-huh. that was in like, in, by the way, if anybody's looking in, I don't remember which sister it was. It was at Thirsty's 
just off the uh, USA campus about 1976 or 7. So it was early on in the career. But um, yeah, that's my. Those are my Jimmy Buffett stories. Yeah, you know, you know, I got to expect that that your dad was a real bre- breath of fresh air and delight for Jimmy Buffett. Had no idea who he was. Who he was. <laughs> had no idea who he was, and just saw him as a regular guy. Another Some sailor, day. by the way. Yeah. That was the thing, yeah. and it was like, and this boat, by the way, the the thing that really impressed the crap out of me is like, first of all, it was a beautiful. If you've ever seen Hans Christian yachts. It looked like that, but it was a shrunken down little version. This was not like an ostentatious monster boat. This was a boat made, and the fact that, you know, a 27-foot yeah. yawl, who puts a mast on it? It know, was on a, a boat tw- for sailing, for a it sailor. It was for sailing, baby. Yeah. And it was like, that's right. It's like, wow. That really, that got my attention, too. And it was like, that boat is not meant for anything but joy. And exactly. Savannah, probably at the time, that was mm. the, the daughter he wrote so much about. I was going to say, you know, Ty, my my entry into Jimmy is similar to what you brought up and that I kind of got in via the dead. Um, huh. I, I was following, and I wasn't truly following the dead. I was a dead head and a dead aficionado amongst other things. You know, I was also very into metal and goth music at that time. So the late 80s but, were a weird time, right? Yeah, um, but, but yeah, eat, drink, and see Jerry. Right, exactly. Wow. But, but, you know, that... Wow. I'll pay to hear that version. Um, <laughs> but, the you know, the, the whole vibe of the dead, as you were saying, really coincides well with the Buffett mentality, which is dance while you can. Yeah. Dance while you can, because the dance doesn't last forever. Oh, so my let's favorite. Enjoy I'm going to get ourselves. this plug in, by the way, just because Dude. I'm thinking about it right now. My very favorite Jimmy Buffett song actually is La Vie Dansant. Oh, that, that's a beautiful. Uh, it's heartbreakingly beautiful. It and really especially is. as you get older, gentlemen, uh, that song even more and more rings true. I think you guys have managed to uh, to live that way, but you know, other people don't get to. But uh, Mike Nesbitt on his little TV show, he had, remember Elephant Parts, the TV yes, show? Yes, that was he awesome. He actually did a, that's where he introduced that version of the song is the first time I heard it. You can find that on YouTube. It is. But you that's my very favorite Buffett song. Yeah. So, Andy, Mine. so similar to the Deadheads, when Jerry died, right? Where do all the parrot what are What happens to the parrot heads? You wow. know, it's what funny that you bring now? that up. I was, when I was getting ready for the show, making myself beautiful, um, I wondered that exact same thing. You know, the dead, dead and company, however you want to refer to them now, um, you know, they're still a going entity uh, with a a revolving cast of a number of big well, people still alive, that you know. You know? I, exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, Mickey. People. Mickey's still yeah. alive, and uh, Bob yeah, Weir's yeah, still Bob alive. Bob, and that's still just it. Kind yeah. of carrying the and so, carrying the, you the know, flag. People that have jumped in with them uh, are are you know people like John Mayer playing guitar with them. That's right. Yeah. And or Bruce Hornsby. Bruce yeah. Hornsby oh, is obviously that, huh? the most famous. Bruce well, oh, was Bruce with them was yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah, Bruce was. Yeah, yeah. Bruce when, was in when Jerry was in. When, uh, yeah, when he, uh, when his big hit, um, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. In, in what 88, 89, um, yeah. he had just he had recorded that while he was still the keyboard player for the Dead. I didn't know that. Um, How and, about that? And that's really where he stepped out. But he's been back over and over and over again. I don't know if he's still considered a an official member of Dead and Company. But uh, Derek Trucks and. Um, so many other people. Uh, Joan Osborne uh, had sang with the dead yeah. for many years as well. Oh. I'm kind of wondering, Ty, if you're right in that something like that is going to going to grow up, especially because Jimmy 
left us in a kind of a shocking, surprising manner. Um, if anybody had followed Jimmy Buffett on social media, they would have known that a couple months ago he postponed a bunch of concerts uh, down uh, down in, in South uh, for an undisclosed medical condition, but said uh, that he was given the green light, everything was better, he's trying to get back in shape so that he can go out and do more touring, and he was still, he had shows actively on his schedule. And um, it was just announced this morning that um, Jimmy passed away from a, a very rare kind of skin cancer. This morning, as fans around the world honor Jimmy Buffett, his family revealing more about his private cancer battle. The beloved singer known for embracing a carefree lifestyle passed away at the age of 76 after a four-year fight with the rare form of skin cancer, Merkel. His sister Lori now telling people that the two shared a cancer battle after she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer around the same time. Lori, who is now cancer-free, saying, we shared a club that nobody wants to join. I am thunderstruck that Jimmy didn't make it. Lori posting on Instagram that soon before her brother's death, I told him I've known him longer than anyone on the planet. He smiled with those twinkling blue eyes and squeezed my hand. Also telling people that Buffett had to cancel shows because of his illness, but wanted to keep performing. And that love of music carrying him to the end. His final performance, a surprise for fans at Mike McFarland's Rhode Island restaurant two months ago. I was in awe. You can't make that up. The moment capping off a 50-year music legacy and empire. Which, honestly, if you think about it, kind of goes, yeah. But, you know, my when I first ran into him, uh, the, the very first time I can remember anything about Jimmy Buffett was... The summer Margaritaville hit, my mm. dad loved that song. And I remember <laughs> being at a a barbecue, probably a 4th of July or Labor Day barbecue, uh, and um, my dad loved that song. And they were playing it, and he was singing along, having a, having a Pabst, I think, at the time. You know, no accounting for taste. But um, really, for me, I think my first, the first time I sat down, was sat back by Jimmy Buffett as a songwriter. Um, was probably I, I I had always loved Come Monday. I could feel the difference in tone with Come Monday from all his other fun music. That there was yeah. some real subtext there and some real thoughtful consideration. But for me, it's always been, and again, a lot of people who know me, like Dr. Mark and you guys. Uh, know that I lived an interesting life, uh, and 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 not not always uh, not always via occupations that um, that the IRS might not care about or have uh, ever heard of, <laughs> maybe <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and so for me, it was always a pirate looks at forty. Yeah. Um, mm, but I've got yeah. so many, and this is the thing I think I want to go out on because we're going to be wrapping up here in a minute, so Doctor Mark can get on the road. What's the song? that you would pick that would be your tagline that I have now included on all our little fly in lower thirds uh, we'll start with you Chris what's the song that you would pick to keep uh, identified with as far as Jimmy Buffett goes I think really my Jimmy Buffett song the one that I most closely that I feel the most deeply is uh, would would be changes in latitudes, changes in attitudes. That's a good uh, call. That's a good call. Ty, yeah. you. 
Yeah, it would be latitudes or it would be cheeseburger. I mean, I'm definitely right that that <laughs> that rolling by the seat of my pants. Just give me a cheeseburger right now. Exactly. Like exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mark. Yeah. Changes in latitudes got me through a lot, but it's la vie d'ensemble. That's right a, that's for true. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna stick with a pirate, um, but uh, at the same time, one of the things that that Dr. Mark and I share is uh, the memory of when he came out and stood up at my wedding in 2001. And uh, we, had, we had driven out to Canada. Tried to stand up. Well, tried. Yeah. You, you did better than I did. That's for damn well, sure. Well, yes. That's, um, everybody but, did, Andy. Right, exactly. Uh, who, who the fuck let me drive away from that uh, way? I, um, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. Good thing statute of limitations has run out. But, um, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Mark and I, uh, along with my then wife and a bunch of other people, we all climbed into cars and in the middle of the night. We drove out to Cannon Beach to stand uh, under under the uh, moonlight of Cannon Beach and and smoke a yeah. spliff, uh, and uh, on the way back, uh, Doctor Mark, me and my my ex wife singing uh, singing volcano and uh, changes in latitudes yeah. um, mm -hmm. at the top of our lungs driving through the range back into Portland. It, it's hard not to get into a group sing along oh, when Jimmy yeah. when Jimmy and comes so on. In that regard, I mean, Mark, we kind of have to forgive the people in the tiki bar because if it happens, what are you going to do? Love that song, man. I know. Yeah. There's nothing you, you can know. do about it. Isn't it First <laughs> Amendment right that you you have the right to butcher a Jimmy Buffett song? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but yeah, it's going to be interesting over the next. You know, because uh, again, we've lost so many big musicians. We've lost. Taylor Hawkins, drummer from uh, Foo Fighters. We lost Eddie Van Halen last year. Crazy. Um, this and, has been a really rough year for me with Jeff Beck and Robbie and Robertson. I was just going to say I both mean, Jeff Beck and Robbie Robertson, who was immensely me. important to me as well. You know, and this is this is what happens when pirates look at 40 from 55 and 66 <laughs> and such like that over our shoulders, going, "God damn it! All our heroes are dying." You know, yeah. Um, but it's going to be interesting because you know the, one of the big complaints about Eddie Van Halen passing away, and this is kind of childish in my mind. But uh, everybody is saying, well, Taylor Hawkins had two big celebrations of him, and he wasn't as famous as Eddie Van Halen. And Eddie Van Halen hasn't had a tribute concert, you know, womp 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 kind of thing. But it is going to be interesting people? to see, right. <laughs> I know I, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of grows up out of this, and if we do get some kind of celebration of Jimmy Buffett. But I think you're right, Ty. I suspect that we're going to get some kind, even if it is just like one final tour full of famous contributors, because he left with yeah, an expectation that he was coming back and then suddenly he's gone and nobody yeah, in, there's the, such in, a that, void there. in that huge family of people. And don't make a mistake. Parrot heads are a family. It's huge. Um, oh, yeah. And so yeah. it's, it is. It's going to be interesting uh, not only to see whether there's a tribute, uh, but also to see where this family migrates from here musically. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think, and I, one of the things that I was kind of playing with in my head is who would you have primarily as the musical voice of that celebration? Obviously, it's going to be a cavalcade of stars, right? Yeah. But the one voice that jumps out at me as being workable, both by way of voice, musicianship, and um, personality, is like Jack Johnson. Mother of the ocean, I have heard you call. I wanted to sail upon your waters since I was three feet tall. 
you've seen it all. You've seen it all. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that would be that would be about right. You need somebody kind of in that in that, you know, that more folk rock kind of vein. I can see people like Dave Matthews getting involved, you know? Oh, yeah. Um that whole jam band scene because mm -hmm. honestly, if I had to pick a genre, jam banding is really where more like minds and musical uh musical cousins of Jimmy Buffett are to be found today. But the sad truth is, is we're saying goodbye to people uh, from our generation and the generation that bookends us, and it's tough. But, you know, he left us so many incredible memories, and that's just it. Each one of us, each one of us here in the show and each one of you guys out there listening or watching, you probably have a particular memory of your life that is connected to Jimmy Buffett in some way because these are our generations, and this yeah. is the legacy that was left behind. Only tributarily, I realized yesterday, Robert Plant is 75 years old. And yep. he mm -hmm. is the youngest. Right, I was just going to say, Jimmy. Jimmy's what, 79? He's not yeah. 80 yet. I yeah. think he's just 79. Yeah. And so but it's you're like, right. He's here and, 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 and McCartney. And, and McCartney and recognizing and that we're going to have to say got, goodbye to, we've these, got to, to these guys. We've soon. got to steal ourselves for the inevitable. You know, and, yeah, for what's coming. and I think that that's that's something that we're doing at our at this time in our life anyway. You know, either via mm -hmm. our heroes or ourselves. People uh, we know. All I, yeah. all I know is that you know, last week I was really feeling my age because I had a week long flash of gout. Um, that <laughs> oh, dear. you know, yeah, exactly. It just makes me think of. Well, I wear this net on my head. <laughs> Cause my red hair is falling out. <laughs> I wear these brown orthopedic shoes. Cause I got a bad case of the gout. But you know, this is what happens. And all the more reason to dance while you can, because the dance don't last forever. Let's go. But I tell on. you yeah. what, folks, <laughs> I tell you what, folks, this is the, the I was gonna say this is the new and improved KYHO, but no, this is the old and slightly tweaked KYHO. But uh, we're back at season six, and once again, we're doing this whether you like it or not. Um, and, um, yep, yep. But uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Do us a favor, go buy merch. You can support us down at the NBA, NBBN Patreon page down like below. And like and subscribe and do all that business. And yeah, share us out, man. Again, we're kind of proving that we're not going to stop. So <laughs> you might as well just jump on the bandwagon. And uh, really, frankly, until next time, everybody, Wear the hats, Dr. Mark, Chris, Ty, dummy here. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time because we may end up miles from here. Might be Margaritaville. We don't know. But that would not be a bad place to wind up. But until next time, everybody, we'll see you later. Take care. Peace. Get your shots. Wear your masks again. <laughs> Bye-bye. Well, there's another chunk of time you can't give back. From Port Lenoir again in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, this has been Keep Your Hat On. A big little show about a whole lot of nothing in particular. Keep Your Hat On is a now band broadcast network production in association with Andrew Scott Media. Andrew Scott, executive producer. Robert Anthony and Christopher Vacano, associate producers. Our theme music was written and produced by Andrew Scott, along with help from Ron Kajawa. Website design and maintenance by Vacano Creative, Christopher Vacano, webmaster. 
Available on the web at pecanocreative.com. Audio and video production by Andrew Scott Media. Available online at andrewscottmedia.com. Hey, if you got questions, comments, or topics for the show, why don't you email the boys at talkback at kyhopodcast.com. And don't forget to like, click, and subscribe. On behalf of the boys, I'm the announcer, apparently Richard Cranium. Thanks for listening. I guess. NBBN. The Narrow Band Broadcast Network. The focus is on you.